0: Look at the next verse here, Galatians 3:28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. So I guess there's some things you might like about this and some things you may not like about this. But I know this. God says you're not called a sinner. You're called a saint. The very day you trusted Christ as your Savior, you became a saint. And you don't have to wait for the Catholic Church or the Pope or anybody to, you know, have all this done for you. No, 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 no. I was a saint the day I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now, I may not have lived like one. And you may not live like one. But the word comes from a Greek word, hagiazo, meaning to be made pure and holy and set apart from where we get the word sanctify or sanctuary. We are saints in the Lord. And as he addresses churches in the scriptures, he says, to the saints which be at Philippi, or the church that be here, the church that be at the saints. This the saints. And that's you. Now, I want you to see this one. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. Now, the Lord says, there's three kinds of people. He also makes a statement, there's the The Jews, the Gentile, and the church of God. So you always have to find out what does he mean in the context that you find it. Well, here's something. There's three types of people that are mentioned here. Some people don't believe that this is a reference to three different types of people. But it is. You look at it, and you see. So you look up there in verse 9 of chapter 2, where he makes this statement. He says, but... As it is written, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. But then the very next verse says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And then He says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is within him? And how can a man know the things of God except by the Spirit of God? So if you had the Holy Spirit of God live inside of you, you could know things about God. Because the things that are deep and lies beyond the wisdom of man can only be understood by the Holy Spirit of God revealing them to man. So whenever you accepted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God that knows everything about God now lives on the inside of you. And your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you are able now to discern things that a man without the Holy Spirit can't discern. So the Bible describes the natural man. That's the man who has a sinful nature, but he doesn't have the divine nature. So there's The natural man, the lost man. See, look what he says in verse 14. But the natural man, so that's one. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And he says why? For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned, and he doesn't have the Holy Spirit within him to discern. So there is a lost man. And we know that the lost man is the one who has not believed on Christ. There's a saved man, and the saved man is the one that does believe on Christ. But the saved man gets the Holy Spirit to indwell him. So now the saved man has an advantage over the lost man. The saved man can know things the lost man cannot know. The saved man can understand things. He should be able to make wiser decisions with his life than the lost man can. But isn't it a shame in the world in which we live and the time in which we live that many lost people appear to make wiser decisions than the children of light. There's even a parable about that. The unjust steward. Because you see, this is the only world they have And this is all they can plan for because, see, they're not going to heaven. And so what they see and touch and feel and want, desire, all the things, their whole life is built around satisfying that one thing, themselves. Now, the Christian is a little bit different. So the Bible tells us this. So you look there in verse 15, and you can see that there is another type of person In verse 15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. What does that mean? Oh, that's a good question. But the spiritual man has the Holy Spirit. That's the person who's trusted Christ as Savior. He has the Holy Spirit. He is able to discern all these things that we're talking about that God reveals, and he can discern them the lost man cannot. And he can know the mind of God. You see, the Word of God is the mind of God on paper. So as you study the mind of God, you'll know how God thinks, what God loves, what God hates, what He desires, what He wants you to do, what He doesn't want you to do. You can discern those things because, you see, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. And so, therefore, you can develop the mind of Christ. And so you're able to discern all these things that the lost man can't discern because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. So you look there in the next verse, when he says there in the last part of verse 15, yet he himself is judged of no man or the lost man, so he can't discern him. We can discern the lost man, and we know why he does what he does, but he cannot understand why we do what we do. You are a paradox to the lost man. If you decide to serve the Lord, he will not be able to truly realize why you do what you do. Why you sacrifice what you do. And why you go and do and say. And the way you live, if you are a spiritual man. So there is the spiritual man. And then there's another type of person that's the carnal man. So look there in chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spirituals, which is a reference to the previous two verses. He says, I can't talk to you as somebody who can understand and eat meat. I've got to talk to you as somebody like a a baby and feed you some milk. So he says here in verse 1, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. So he says, you are babes in Christ. So that means there's two kinds of Christians. There's those that are babes in Christ, and there's those that are mature in the Lord. So, you see, a lot of God's children are still babes in the Lord. And, and as you read through 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you don't find where Paul questions and doubts, well, that's a sign you're not really saved. All he had to do was say that. He didn't say that. He just says you're babes in Christ and you're carnal. But what does it mean to be a carnal Christian? He gives us the definition himself. So you see there in verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. In other words, you couldn't then, you can't now. You're a babe in Christ. You're not growing. And so There's things that you're not going to be able to understand. You can't discern. And so you may have trusted Christ as your Savior. You're going to heaven when you die, but you cannot discern spiritual things. And if you don't understand spiritual truth, you cannot discern the best decisions for your life. A carnal Christian is a fleshly-minded Christian. What does that mean? It means that you have an old sinful nature and you walk and live like a lost man. Can a Christian live like a lost man? Yes. That's because you're fleshly minded. You live just like a lost man and very little difference. You just do whatever you want to do. A little pittance here and a little pittance there. But you never really say, I'm going to mature in the Lord. Never grow up. And if you don't become spiritually minded, you can never assume spiritual responsibilities. Uh, for example, we have a church here. Some people, they may have trusted Christ as Savior, but they never mature in the Lord, so they cannot assume spiritual responsibilities. They're not faithful to the Lord, and yet they should be, and they can be, is that they won't be. So you have a choice. Are you a lost man? You never trusted Christ as your Savior? So no, I'm saved. Okay, then you're saved. Are you a carnal Christian or a spiritual Christian, are you mature in the Lord? Or are you still like a babe, fleshly minded? The fleshly minded means you're walking after the flesh, like the lost man does. So, look what he says here in verse 3 he says, For yet, or yet, ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal? And walk as men, walk like lost men. So, you say, how do I know if I'm carnal Christian? Is it the works of the flesh that come from your old sinful nature that describes you? Does that describe you more than the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness and goodness and faith, meekness and temperance and all all those good things. Which one describes your character? Do you walk after the flesh or after the Spirit? So you see, it's written in such a way so we can discern for ourselves. But if you can't discern where you are spiritually with the Lord, it might be because you're not growing in the Lord and been able to discern right from wrong what you should do and should not do. What kind of a testimony do you have? If every Christian lived like you, if every Christian followed your example, how dedicated would they be? Ooh, I had a lady walk out that door one day, and she shook my hand. She says, I can hardly walk. I says, why? She says, my toes are bloody. She says, you jumped all over my feet today. I don't purposely try to stomp on anybody's toes. I just want people to be aware, and if you're not very strong in the Lord and you are fleshly minded, you'll probably become easily offended. Nobody like that are here are there. words, the preacher couldn't hurt you if he tried, because you're so spiritually minded. It'll be just roll right off your back. But you know there's some Christians that are still babies and they put a chip on their shoulder and just dog dare the preacher say anything to hurt their feelings. Because see they're already looking for a reason not to go to church. And they'll find one. You Come long enough you'll find a reason. But wouldn't it be neat if all of God's children were spiritually minded? But is that the way it is? In most cases it's not the way it is. He says so you still walk as a lost man. So you go over there to chapter 4, and look what it says in chapter 4. In chapter 4, notice there in verse 1, it says, Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It is required. So how do you solve a carnal Christian's problem? You don't try to convince them that they're not really saved. No. You tell them what is required. So a lot of times, God's children don't know what is required. They don't know what they should do. I've talked to a lot of people that trust Christ as Savior, and then several years later, they don't know they were supposed to witness They don't know that, you know, this is God's love letter to His children. They just think it's a big old thick book for the preachers, you know, to blast everybody else. They don't know. It's just God's love letter to His children. And these things have I written unto you that believe. So those that believe, hey, this is written to you. And a lot of people don't know that. So you try to tell people what is required. It is required in a steward that a man be found rich. Popular? Faithful. Faithful. Just faithful. Faithful to what? Well, whatever the stewardship is, what does God require? So that's why you study the Word of God, so you will know what He requires of me. What does God require of His children? What does God want? So as you read the Scriptures, you'll find out what God wants you to do. But if you're carnally minded, you want to live like the lost man. And the lost man lives for himself and for this world. That's what he lives for. If that's what you're doing, you're doing the same thing. I made up my mind years ago. I don't want to waste my time doing something that 100 years from now probably won't help me. Won't have any value to it. And that is work for eternity. Work to get people into heaven. Because when I get there, the only thing that can go there are the people that were here. You see, I can't take my house there. I can't take my car there. I can't take my clothes there. I can't take anything from this world there. The only thing we can take from here in this world to that world are souls. And that's why they are so important and so valuable. So I know that when I get to heaven, I will wish I had reached as many as I could. So therefore, that becomes my drive. Uh, Me and Betty was up in Georgia, and she called me up and said, Yankee, I'm talking to those people at the the funeral place, and we're going to have our headstones and all that, you know. Isn't that a scary thought? And she's going to have, she put on mine, the gospel-driven man. I like that. A gospel-driven man. It can say an awful lot in just a couple words. But I do believe that has been what drives me to do what I do. Now, everybody has to have something that drives you, what motivates you what causes this child that's in the flesh saved but not growing? What causes them to break out of this and desire something more, something better? I wish I knew what that little trick was, that little thing that you could say or do that breaks it open for somebody, and they finally say, I see it, I see it, and it makes the difference to them. So always understand this. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, God, Says you are now in the spirit. Doesn't mean you're spiritually minded, it's just that's your position. You're in the spirit. When you were lost, you were in the flesh. So you have a flesh birth, spiritual birth. So when you were lost, you were in the flesh, and now that you're saved, God sees you as his child in the spirit. So take your Bible very quickly and turn there to the book of Romans, the book of Romans and chapter 8. Romans in chapter 8, real quick. And look there in verse 5. In verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now you notice the flesh is one thing, but the Spirit is capital S. It's a capital S. That means the Holy Spirit. Look up here. For a Christian... To live like the lost man, to live for himself and the world, is he's following after the flesh, this old sinful nature. And you say, well, what's going to be the result? Well, when you read what are the works of the flesh, it names all of those in Galatians in chapter 5, and none of them are pretty: the envying, the wrath, jealousy, you know, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, all those things. All that's the flesh. That's what you'll produce because you're walking after the flesh. So can a Christian walk after the flesh? Yeah, God doesn't see you in the flesh. He sees you in the Spirit. But you can walk after the flesh. But God says that because you are His child, He wants you to walk and follow after the Holy Spirit. So you see there in verse 14 of the same chapter of Romans when he makes this statement, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So you, the Christian, have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit living within you wants to lead you. And if you let the Holy Spirit lead you and you follow, then you will become the maturing saints of God. And this is what it's just talking about. They become the maturing saint. You're growing as a child of God if you let the Holy Spirit lead you. So you can follow after the Spirit, or you can walk after the flesh. So you see there in verse 5, But they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. So to be fleshly minded means you mind the flesh. And if you're spiritually minded, it means you mind the Spirit. So you're the one that decides Which one do you mind? You say you have this nature telling you to do this, and you have the Holy Spirit telling you to do this. Well, which one do you listen to? So which one do you mind? Have you ever had parents say this, my kids just don't mind me? What does that mean? It means they're rebellious. They're disobedient. They don't mind. So here's the Lord telling you to do something, and you don't mind. And you have the flesh nature telling you to do this. Don't mind it. Pay it no mind. You see, you get to make choices. God didn't make us robots. So now we can choose whether to walk after the flesh or we can walk after the Spirit. But you are seen as a child of God in the Spirit. Now look what he says here in verse 6. For to be carnally minded... But to be spiritually minded, that's a choice. How do you think? The reason you and I study the Word of God is so that we can know the mind of God. And if we'll know the mind of God and we do what God wants us to, do, God says that He will bless us, and there's those that will not. And then you get down to here where He says in verse uh, 9, but ye are not in the flesh... But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. You see, you are in the Spirit when you trust Christ as your Savior. You may walk after the flesh or after God. But that's a choice that you have to make. And if you make the right choice, God will richly bless you. If you don't, your Heavenly Father is going to have to chasten you because you're still His child. See, God, He chastens His children. And he chases his children because you're still his child even when you do wrong. Even when you live like a lost man, you're still his child. And he says, I'll never cast you out, I'll never lose you. But he may have to chasten and discipline you. Don't you think all Christians ought to understand this? See, it's not that you have to do it to get to heaven, it's because you're already going to heaven. You trusted Christ as your Savior, you have eternal life, and that's best news in all the world. Look up here very quick. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God, He loves us. Now, He hates our sin, but He loves us. And we are in the flesh. We are lost. We can't save ourselves. We don't know how to get to heaven. Man can never think of a way. All he can think of is religion. All he can think about is what he can do that God will maybe let him in. And it all boils down to man trying to work his way to heaven. Because he doesn't know it's a gift. He can't know it's free. Because you see, that's truth that comes from God and not from man. Man can be religious. And so there's a lot of religions and a lot of people trusting in their religion. But God says He loves us, but He hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin, eternal separation from God. But you see, God made a way. To go to heaven, we've got to be perfect as righteous as God. We're not. We've all come short of God's perfection. So God says, you can't save yourself. So that's all bad news. This is good news. Christ came into the world because He loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So He took all the sin of all the world and paid for it on the cross Now, all the sin of all the world has already been paid. You don't have to ever worry about the payment for sin paid. But this payment is not put to your account till you believe He did it for you. When you believe He did it for you, He puts the payment that was made to your account. And you go to heaven on what Christ did for you. And God declares you as righteous as God. So that's The gift of God. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Jesus Christ paid for all of your sins. See, that's why he says in John 3, 18, He that believeth on me is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned. He's condemned because he doesn't believe. See, the sin's already been paid. All you and I have to do is believe he did it for us. And once you believe he did it for you, he gives you eternal life, and he'll never cast you out. And so as a Christian, yes, you're going to heaven now. You have eternal life. God will never cast you out and never lose you. But now you have a choice. As a Christian, do you want to be a carnal Christian, a babe Christian all your life? Or do you want to mature in the Lord and be able to handle spiritual responsibilities where God, because of your faith, God can trust you to do a job for Him? Don't you want to do something for the Lord while you can? Isn't there something inside of you that says, I want to please my Heavenly Father. Even in spite of all my dad did. I always wanted my dad to be proud of me, even though I didn't get to know him very well. He'd always beat the tar out of me. But I never heard my mother or my father at any time ever tell me that they loved me. I never saw them read a Bible. I never saw them have prayer. I never saw them in a church. And I would love to have heard that and wish they could have trained me differently. I don't know what I would have done or anything, but I just know that I still had a respect for them. I never sassed my mom. I didn't my dad. I scared the death of him. But whenever I got me a new daddy, the Lord changed everything. And now I don't want to be just a person who trusted Christ as my Savior and and then live my life the way I want to. I want to please God. I want to please my Father. And I hope that makes sense to you. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him right now? Just say this in your own mind. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Because, friend, God says we all are. You didn't get a choice in that. You are a sinner. But you have chosen to, to sin. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ, He's already paid for all of your sins. All He wants you to do is believe He did it for you. That He loved you that much. You can do this. You can do this. Would you trust Him? In the quietness of this moment right now I'm going to ask you if you'll trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. God said if you'll trust Him He will save you. You believe it? I did. And so right now if you'll trust Christ as your Savior God said He would give you the free gift of everlasting life. And I like to know and I like to have prayer for you in closing. So it his bow nice. closed everyone will say yes that made sense to me and I'll trust Christ right now as my Savior. And preach I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and be right back down. And just Real, just real quick, just slip it up, put it right back down, and say yes, I trust Christ as my Savior. God bless you, buddy. Appreciate that. You can put it down. Anyone else? Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you so much for the clarity that you've given in your word so that we can make wise decisions. Heaven and hell, it's in the balance. Based upon a decision that we can make so easily, I believe. I believe it. And Father, for those who trusted your Savior so easy to Lord, I want to serve you and begin to make the right decisions to study your word and become faithful. Use each one. Bless each one. And Father, we also ask now your blessings upon each person. And Father, for those that can do so to be generous in their donations for the cause of Christ, and we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.